I just found that song recently. I love Spotify, man. I can find any type of music randomly. And I love the low-key playlists. You know me, I love the chill songs. I like things that just make me feel good, you know. But otherwise, I am back with another episode. Episode 54. It's a Sunday night. June 13th. 9:20, and it's getting hot out here y'all it's getting real hot it's gonna be 109 this thursday i'm not looking forward for it my first summer out here in sacramento I'm starting to feel the heat the heat's starting to wear me out but hey we're gonna get through it it won't kill me but my birthday coming up in three weeks so we all good over here we all good right now we are getting closer to the conference finals. And I know I've been uploading slower, but the reason I've been uploading slower is because I told y'all, I'm not gonna be recapping after every little game. Um, when it comes to the playoffs, each game you kind of have to take with a little bit of grain and salt, depending on where the series is at. Like, you know, game one, not a lot of grain of salt. Game two determines how important game three and four will be. Um, but when it gets around game five, around that area, you know, when it's the finals, I'm going to be breaking it down because that's it's the finals, maybe even the Western Conference finals. But as far as the second in this first round, I'm just taking it slow, kind of watching the games, dissecting to see what's going on. And so far, we are three games down when it comes to the 76ers and Hawks, three games down when it comes to the Jazz and Clippers, four games down with the Bucks and Nets four games down with the Suns and Nuggets who has just closed out the series and we're gonna start off with them talk about the Suns advancing go over the Nets and Bucks go over the Clips and Jazz and their tight you know their close series which I had going in seven from my, my predictions and then we're also gonna go over to my my favorites to win the championship in the 76ers Starting with the Suns, the Suns advanced to the Western Conference Finals after not going to the playoffs for 11 straight years. The Suns were technically cousins of the Kings um, as far as mediocrity, and they have shown that they're on another level and they are real championship contenders. I've been saying all year that I don't believe that the Suns are championship contenders. I knew what Chris Paul could bring to them, but I felt like once he was out the game or whatnot, they would discombobulate. Well, in the first round versus the Lakers, Chris Paul was dealing with injuries, and the shoulder injury wasn't 100%, and the Suns showed that they wasn't going to miss a beat, and they showed that they could close out LeBron James, which I'm very impressed by, and they're just proving me wrong. I mean, just from top to bottom. You got the core stepping up to their potential. Obviously with Devin Booker and Aiton. Devin Booker being that that score, being efficient, and showing that he can get buckets on anybody, whether it's one-on-one. You gotta throw a double team at him. He's doing his job passing the ball, and Chris Paul is obviously putting him in positions to succeed, but himself, he showed that the moment's not too big for him, and that he his game contributes to winning basketball and as far as DeAndre Ayton the, the X-Factor of this of this team 
you know, obviously being the number one pick, we all knew his potential being that big and being that mobile and the touch he has and the defensive problems that he could impose on other centers, you know, with his physical abilities. I'm not saying that he's stopped Jokic, but he definitely imposed a different threat compared to what the Blazers was throwing at Jokic and obviously with the Nuggets having their injuries. DeAndre Ayton's doing his part, rebounding the ball, securing defensive rebounds, being very efficient on the offense, rolling to the basket, catching lobs, finishing at the basket, doing everything that you need him to do at a very high level in the playoffs. And that's great news for what the Suns got building forward with Devin Booker and Ayton. Even the other young guys that they got on their team, you gotta talk about Mikael Bridges and Cameron Johnson consistently knocking down their, their shots. I mean, I think Mikael Bridges was averaging like 16, 17 in this Nuggets series. You got Cam Johnson always is gonna end up in double digits and they're holding up defensively. But this team is so efficient on offense. It's crazy. It's crazy watching them play. They're efficient on offense. They don't turn the ball over and they hit their free throws. But as far as with their core stepping up, you gotta respect the franchise for the vets that they brought onto the team. Uh, with Chris Paul, obviously they took, they felt that he was the final piece to take their young core over the top and they hit the jackpot. Chris Paul at 36 years old is bringing a team that wasn't touching the playoffs last year into the second seed, almost the first seed, and now rolled them into the Western Conference Finals, taking down the defending champions and taking care of the Nuggets in four games. And then you add guys like Jay Crowder, even Cameron Payne giving him an opportunity. It wasn't working out with Langston Galloway or Javon Carter. Get Cameron Payne in there, worked out. Bringing over Torrey Craig, you still have Dario Saric there. And with DeAndre Ayton playing so well, you know, I question how they have big man troubles. Uh, DeAndre Ayton has shown that he can hold the the center position by himself and they can just have a, a forward play the center coming off the bench and that's 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 huge because i thought they would really struggle where they had to play kaminsky or even jalen smith or whatnot they're not even in situations where they have to do that deandre ain's playing a lot of minutes and he's playing high level minutes and playing winning basketball and that's what the suns are doing they're playing a lot of winning basketball so credit to how they assembled the team and you know obviously let's talk about why they won we could first start with the nuggets injuries nuggets didn't have jamal murray but also they didn't have will barton throughout the series their backcourt was just depleted where they had to rely on fasundo campazo and and monte morris and they didn't step up in that sun series like they did in the blazers series also with austin rivers but the backcourt compared to the Suns was an obvious mismatch. That's why I had them in five. But the Suns have shown that they can keep their foot on the gas and they take care of them four. They have shown the real ability to close. And that's that's something to prove where, you know, you're the favorites. You know, they didn't let up one single bit because the Nuggets were playing hard. And, you know, it's hard to just sweep a team. And it's not like the Nuggets were just playing terrible basketball. The Suns were just the better team based off the injuries obviously but they probably would have been the better team with even with Jamal Murray so because the backcourt is it's a mismatch the backcourt mismatch even if Jamal Murray was there Jamal Murray and Will Barton is not on the same level as 
Chris Paul or Devin Booker. You can argue that Devin Booker and Chris Paul are more valuable or better players than Jamal Murray. So Jokic is out there on the island by himself. They took care of him. And the Suns have proved to be closers, like I said. They're highly efficient offense. They're very, very efficient offense that does not turn the ball over. And with them not turning the ball over, it was huge, especially versus Jokic. Because it's not like the Nuggets, when I was looking at the team stats, the Nuggets didn't have no games where they had 13-plus turnovers. They would turn the ball over like 12, 11 times. But the Suns would only turn the ball over seven to ten times always winning the turnover battle but another thing that the suns are doing and that the nuggets were not doing this series they won the free throw battle by a long shot there wasn't a single game in that series where the suns was shooting under 85 percent from the free throw line so they're poised they're closing out games it's a very scary sight you got to give them respect they're playing good basketball and they're making their free throws and as well as what i talked about before Aiton lived up to being the x-factor I said he was the x-factor in the series he imposed a different threat physically to Nikola Jokic and he did the same thing he was doing in that Lakers series being efficient offense rolling to the basket securing defensive rebounds not allowing extra possessions and he proved to be a, a big part now they're rolling their way into the Western Conference Finals so congratulations to the Suns I was so wrong about them. I knew there would be, like, I had them, from my beginning predictions, I had them as a sixth seed. I knew there was a two seed, but I didn't, I didn't think they will get by the Lakers. And I knew they will get by this Nuggets, depleted Nuggets team, but I didn't think they will get by the Lakers. And the way I look at them now, I said they weren't contenders. I couldn't even, you know, they could be in the Western Conference Finals. I can still say they're still not championship contenders. But they are for real championship contenders. They have a good chance of beating the Jazz. They also have a good chance of beating the Clippers. Do I think they're favorites over them? I'm still sleeping on them. I still have them as as the Jazz or the Clippers coming out the West. But if you're talking about a finals matchup where they're going against Brooklyn compared to the Clippers and the Jazz, the Clippers, because of their efficient offense, they might end how they don't turn the ball over. They might have the best chance as far as representing the Western Conference versus the Brooklyn Nets. I truly think that because their offense is at such a high level. And you got Chris Paul probably have the best, one of the best turnover to assist rate ratio, ratios in the NBA. And he's, and he's just running that team. He's able to be a player coach out there with guys who are willing to listen and learn from him. So they got something special with him. I think he might be able to get that three-year deal that he's looking for because supposedly he's trying to decline his player option and get a three-year extension and I believe he has earned it and I think Phoenix will give it to him so if he gets that extension and stays with Phoenix for another three years he's obviously staying healthy but his basketball IQ ain't going nowhere and then you pair him up with the young pieces that they already got that keeps getting better and that's getting valuable playoff experience right now the Suns are a legitimate problem in the West if they keep Chris Paul. So now that's another team to worry about moving forward. But that's enough for the Suns. They're in the Western Conference Finals. They're going to be chilling while the Jazz and Clippers beat up on each other. But I want to get into this Bucks and Nets series real quick. And the Bucks were able to get the dub today and tie the series up back to 2-2. 
Now this series is I'm kind of taking the first four, the whole first four games with the greatest. So if you look at it, the Nets got game one. So you know you have to see how Milwaukee bounces back in game two after losing game one because it's just game one, and Milwaukee did not bounce back well in game two. They looked flat. They didn't look like they were motivated. They didn't, you didn't really see any passion coming from them. It looked like they gave up early. Brooklyn jumped out on them very early, and then so now they're going into Milwaukee down 0-2. And you know the Bucks ended up taking Game Three. It was a sloppy game. Um, you can say it was a sloppy offensive game, or you can say it was a great defensive game. You know the score was only 86 to 83. Both teams, as a whole, shot under 40 percent. Uh, you can say it's missed shots, but they defended really well. And you know it was an ugly game, but it doesn't matter if it's an ugly game or not. They end up getting the win. So the Bucks took Game Three, and now you're going into Game Four. Kyrie got injured 11 minutes in, and I don't think KD was going to be able to take on the Bucks by himself, and the Bucks ended up taking care of business. I would still say it was kind of a sloppy game. In a way, Giannis played amazing, but Chris Middleton could have been a little bit better. Drew Holiday could have been better throughout the whole, but Pat Connington stepped up. Uh, the only thing I'm worried about with Milwaukee and Brooklyn in this series is going to come down to the bench the bench is going to be very key who's going to step up on the bench um, so far brooklyn's bench has been playing better uh, mike jones is just a skilled player and he just be making some crazy ass labs it'd be crazy but the bucks is going to need brian forbes to not only you know hit knock down his shots but step up as a playmaker the second that drew holiday or Giannis is out the game uh, they, their offense looks very stagnant they definitely need a true playmaker uh, coming off the bench but these first four games since the series is tied 2-2 I'm taking it with the grain of salt they don't matter no more so as far as the series go now it's just best out of three uh, best two out of three now it's 0-0 those four games don't matter no more it's going to be interesting to see what looking forward ahead and if you're looking ahead you know the Nets now have injury problems we already know that the Bucks don't have DiVincenzo for the rest of the playoffs but now Kyrie picked up an ankle injury and now Harden's still there with that hamstring injury now I'm not worried about Kyrie's ankle injury as much as I'm worried about James Harden's hamstring injury as somebody who has had both injuries when it comes to that groin and hamstring that's an injury that's just annoying and you can walk around fine you know you look fine but you're not going to be able to move laterally and you're not going to be able to run you're not going to be able to move around to your best of ability it's a very frustrating injury an ankle you can you can push through an ankle depending on how bad it is but his you know x-rays came negative so he didn't shatter anything at best it's sprained but you can still you can still make things work off of a sprained ankle it's, it hurts but you can still make things work but when it comes to that hamstring groin it's a little bit more complicated so if the nets don't have Kyrie or James Harden they're not beating the Bucks. I don't think KD is going to be able to take the Bucks by himself if he does that would be amazing but KD is not that he's not going to be able to carry that net squad especially against this Bucks team only person I think that can carry that net squad and maybe even push the Bucks is James Harden because of his ability to get others involved um, but KD he's not going to be able to do that by himself he's going to get a bunch of double or triple teams and it's going to with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and Giannis still being there it's going to be too much so I hope they're healthy I want to see good basketball with people healthy but it's not 
it's crazy how good it started for the Nets and how now it's not looking too good for the Nets. So we're going to see what happens um, for the rest of the series. I had Nets in seven, so it's looking like it's on that track to go seven games in my opinion. Now, moving on to the West Coast, the other interesting series. You know, we talk about this Brooklyn and um, this Brooklyn and Milwaukee series. I think the Jazz and Clippers series is just as good. So the Clippers don't want to go down 3-1. So we're entering game four, which is tomorrow. The Clippers don't want to go down 3-1. And when Clippers are have their backs against the wall as far as this season, they've shown that they can be, they show that they're the best team in the West um, when their backs are against the wall. They just start off, they've been starting off terribly. Surprisingly, they've been closing out a lot better um, as far as the playoffs has started. Now it comes down with the Jazz ability to shoot themselves in game they shoot so many threes and when they get on they get on and they're never really out the game because of their coach allowing them to shoot threes the way they do and with the shooters that they got themselves and the continuity that they play with and then having a guy like donovan mitchell who can get you 30 40 whenever but the clippers is still questionable offensively but defensively they're the best team defensively in the playoffs maybe be um right there with philly when they want to be that's the thing that's why i have philly over them that's why i think philly won the championship but when the clippers want to do their thing defensively when Kawhi goes and guards their best player and when they're intact and not trying to let them score at all when their backs are against the wall like i said nobody's really scoring on them they they impose a real threat and that's why the jazz is going to be able to keep themselves in the game because they settle for a lot of threes as far as trying to beat somebody one-on-one, -on -one, and that ain't happening. And I guess this Clipper team, they're so good defensively with Nicholas Batum, Paul George, Kawhi. Uh, you got Marcus Morris out there. You know, they have a lot of guys that can switch off any pick and rolls. Uh, or, you know, they can they can switch off on a lot of guys. And it's not like the Luka series where Luka's a, they don't the Jazz don't have a guy like Luka who's 6'7", 6'8", uh, with amazing IQ and pick and roll awareness with the ability to score in all three levels uh, they have donovan mitchell but they don't donovan mitchell don't have that same type of size advantage that luca has but donovan mitchell has shown that he can still get it but when Kawhi's guarding him it's a little bit more difficult and with mike conley not being there it's making things a lot more on donovan mitchell by having to be that playmaker instead of just getting to focus a little bit more on scoring but the jazz are still up 2-1 the Clippers have shown the blown things as far as their franchise. They're probably the most cursed franchise in the NBA. But the thing that's knocking the Jazz down right now is their health. Donovan Mitchell left the game three early because of ankle. It's the same thing with Brooklyn. Donovan Mitchell with the ankle injury, Conley with the hamstring injury. Now Conley makes Donovan Mitchell's job a lot easier. I think Donovan Mitchell will be fine. The ankle's going to be bothering him, but I think he can still push through. An ankle injury is something that you're going to still be able to push through. Conley has a hamstring injury and with his age and his injuries in the past it's not looking too good moving forward I think they're trying to push him and get him back for game five whether the series is if the series is 3-1 and they're going to game five I think they're just gonna let Conley sit some more but if the series is tied 2-2 I think they're gonna try to get Conley out there uh, for game five kind of like how the Nets are gonna try to get James Harden out there for game five so this game four is going to mean a lot. We're at a point where, with the Jazz and Clippers, where the 
game four means a lot. This game four for the Bucks net Nets meant a lot. But until the Bucks won, now it doesn't mean anything since it was 2-2. Same thing goes for the Jazz and Clippers. This game means a lot for the for the Clippers. And the Jazz, obviously, the Jazz have a chance to go 3-1 where they're up 3-1. For the Clippers to win the series, they have to win two games in Utah in Game 5 and then obviously Game 7. Or if the Clippers win, they don't put themselves in that position and they get to restart the series. And then these first four games is not going to matter. That's how it works. So that's what that series. And the final series I want to talk about is that 76ers and Hawks series. And I've said it from the start, I have the 76ers in five. I still think they can get it done in five. Um, this is the game tomorrow is where they're gonna prove me right, hopefully. They can show who they are, they show what I've been saying, who they are, by sweeping Atlanta on the road and finish it off in five. They need to show that they can keep their foot on the gas and that they're for real contenders. That's what the, that's what the Suns did. Philly is obviously the more talented team. They need to take advantage of that. They have the best player in the series. They've been the best team in the Eastern Conference. This is where they show that they can close out a series just like they did against Washington. Um, so what the issue with them is that Danny Green had just got injured. Thibel is gonna prove me right, hopefully, and step it up to replace Danny Green for while he's out. He's dealing with a calf injury and we're going to have to see what Matisse Thibault does. The only problem with him is him offensively. He's looking like an Andre Roberson. And for Embiid to have success and to make it easier on the team, you got to be able to knock down your shots. Because if you guys, if, they're, if the rest of the team is knocking down their shots, Philly's going to win instantly because the more one-on-ones for Joel Embiid, the more success they're going to have. And the only way you can stop him is by double-teaming him and get the ball out of his hands. I don't think people understand. Embiid is the best player in the playoffs right now. If I was to rank my top three players in the NBA, number one is Steph Curry, number two is Joel Embiid, number three is Kawhi. That's why I have the Clippers versus the 76ers in the finals. There is no stopping Embiid. He has the most dangerous mid-range in the NBA. Yes, it's more dangerous than KD right now. Because the dude is 7'2", 275 pounds, amazing footwork, he literally doesn't even shoot the mid. He shoots the mid range without even jumping. He's perfected it. He's worked on his game so much when it comes to that aspect. It's amazing to watch. You can't stop him when he's healthy. The only thing that his weakness is, as far as his position, is his health. That's his only weakness. Literally his own weakness. So as far as the 76ers, if they're gonna prove me right. They gotta deal with the pressure of closing. This game four will be very monumental for them moving forward. If they take care of Atlanta game four, they're going to be up 3-1, take care of business in game five, they can rest while Philly and Brooklyn are beating up on each other. I don't know how I feel about Philly and Brooklyn. If Brooklyn wins, I don't see them beating Philly. I, I really have 76ers in six versus Brooklyn with KD, Kyrie, and James Harden because the, of the threat that Joel Embiid is. The threat that Joel Embiid is. And you got the guys like Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is going to have to be that X factor. I truly believe that he's going to be that X factor. But Milwaukee is a different situation. Now, Milwaukee matches up a lot better with Philly than what Brooklyn does. And if Brooklyn, if, if Milwaukee can overcome Brooklyn Nets, you know, they have a good chance of beating Philly. And they match up well with Philly. 
got Giannis, you got Embiid, you got Drew Holiday with Ben Simmons, you got Chris Middleton with Tobias Harris. They match up pretty well. So it's gonna be interesting now to see how these things transpire. But yeah, what's going on with the playoffs? It's been I've been really covering shit this whole season. So it's nice to continue doing it. It's nice to get myself a little break. I know I've been haven't been able to upload like the two, three times, but I've been just enjoying watching the playoff series, working, and enjoying the summer vacation while I have it. I know I go back to school in late August. Um, but I haven't been in school for the past shit a while, so I'm just enjoying this this summer vacation, out living on my own for this time, compared to you know where we were in 2020. You know, summer was a lot different in 2020. We're in a completely different place. So it's nice to see that I can actually see the light at the end of the tunnel, because we were in a hole. We, were, we didn't, what was the word I'm looking for? We were just unknown on everything that was going on or what our futures was, which is unpredictable. And to know that we're not in that same place, at least, as far as the health concerns go, it feels nice. So, yeah, getting closer to the conference finals. We're going to have to see how these next games go. We're in playoff basketball. The game is getting intense. I'm excited for it, man. I'm excited for it. I'm a basketball junkie. You know, I'm not here to talk, at least, you know, y'all y'all know my plans. I want to be a broadcaster one day. I don't know about being in the media as far as being talk show host. They make good money, but I'm not really here to talk down on people like that or do things because ratings are better you know if people are telling you that the ratings are not going to be good for his playoffs because it's going to be Utah Milwaukee don't listen to that stuff good basketball is good basketball and that's going to win at the end of the day and real fans not the casuals fans will watch so I'm just here as a basketball fan I'm not really trying to make crazy takes to disrespect anybody I'll make my predictions as far as uh, what I think will happen from a basketball standpoint. The only team that I'll come crazy at is just the Lakers. And not because of the Lakers itself, it's still a top-class organization if I'm giving the credit. It's just the fans. I like fucking around with the fans. And when it comes to the fans of the game, I love talking shit when it comes to that act, that factor. And y'all know how I feel about the Lakers fans. Y'all know exactly how I feel about the Lakers fans. So, shout out to Lakers fans that be listening also. I know y'all want to become Kings fans soon. The future is bright. And, yeah. And there's also going to be more Kings content as for when this, the, the playoffs end because the Kings and playoffs is not really uh, a mix. You know, that doesn't really fit. <laughs> so I took in the break of the Kings talk, but I got some I got some heat coming. I'm telling you, with this draft and offseason, when all that stuff come up, it's going to be pretty lit. And I very confident that my team will make some moves other than that i'm gonna end it here thanks for all the people that's listening if you got this far it's always appreciative glad you're going through this journey with me i allow myself to be vulnerable with y'all on here and yeah so i'll leave it at there and the moon child is out peace